We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Troche, Senior Editor here at SportingNews.com. Joined, as always, by our lead college football writer, Bill Bender, at SportingNews.com. We are on the, uh, the CFB Nation Podcast stream, brought to you by Irish Breakdown. They do a great job at Irish Breakdown of uh, covering Notre Dame football, both on the podcast realm and uh, website, IrishBreakdown.com. You'll find on the CFB Nation a podcast stream, the Lucky Lefty podcast, which is uh, also a Notre Dame uh, podcast done by some former players, and then uh, the Rise and Draft podcast, along with us, the All-America podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Vinny Iyer, sporting news NFL senior writer and uh, NFL mock draft, dra- mock draft guru, joining us on his, uh, his fun spring training trip uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. He made some time for us this morning. Uh, Vinny normally would be coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is going to be the home of the number one pick in draft. So, Vinny, number one, thanks for joining us. Welcome in. And number two, who's going to be your new neighbor in Charlotte? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be my neighbor because <laughs> of my neighborhood. I think he'll probably be going for the upscale athlete life. I mean, Frank Reich just bought a $3 million compound here. So I would think the number one draft pick can do better okay. than that. So uh, okay. hopefully, hopefully for his sake, he will get a better contract <laughs> than I have from Sporting News. Um, but when we look at the options here, CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, here's why I say that. I don't think you go for the just right player here and Bryce Young. If you're trading up to number one, you trade up for the guy you feel most comfortable with in your offensive system. And you have Frank Reich and Thomas Brown. Brown came from the Rams. And as much as the Rams have been talked about, about going for a mobile quarterback, I think they want a pocket passer and a guy that can throw what they want in their offense and execute and just play off the running game and that kind of thing. So a little bit of old school with Frank Reich, but it's worked before with his quarterbacks. And then you look at the other part of it, Anthony Richardson is not traditionally what their quarterback might be, but he's got the highest upside. You wait for that arm to develop. And knowing that the Panthers, even though they've made some upgrades here, are not ready to win big in 2023. So can you afford to wait here to 2024, 2025? But I think Bryce Young, I think – I love Bryce Young, but I think he might be a better fit at that number two pick with the Texans. And I look at Stroud, he checks the boxes for them. He's safe. He can play right away, which they need. They're not going to just go in with Matt Corral and Eddie Dalton as their starting quarterbacks options here. So they want a guy who can play right away. And that's why I'm leaning more towards Stroud than the upside of Richardson. That's what I was going to say, Vinny. How is C.J. Stroud versus Anthony Richardson even a debate? Like I, I and get it, Vinny, because we watched Anthony Richardson at the combine, but it's not you don't draft a quarterback because he was good at the combine. Like I, I don't so what and it is Ohio State's pro day today. Is this a deal where Stroud could maybe lock this up today, like unofficially officially? Yeah, I think when you look at it, it's just a matter of time. Can you wait on Richardson? Can you do what we saw the Chiefs do with Patrick Mahomes? Can you stash him and maybe the Panthers are not that team in position to do that right if you're going for the upside of the ceiling and you look at what Anthony Richardson can be you have to be very confident that in a couple years your coaching staff is going to fully unlock his potential or that you know he's going to put in the work to do that and sometimes you want to finish product and the Panthers have been trying to chase this for a while in terms of their starting quarterback they've got Teddy Bridgewater and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. This is, they got to end this. They got to get out of this. And CJ Stroud is one of those guys you plug and play. You know, he's going to be there. There's the least question marks. There's none of that size issue, whatever, durability. If you have that concern about Bryson, you don't have it. If you want to just a more polished guy, don't want to work on this guy for a while, I think you take CJ Stroud. And I think that does help that Ohio State, Ryan Day, they've kind of made these guys pro-ready more so than these other quarterbacks. Then you sort of along the same lines that Bill was talking about as far as college production, you know, he and I watch college football for 12 hours every Saturday, uh, more familiar with the college guys uh, than the pro guys. And, you know, from what I've seen in terms of college production, you know, Will Levis uh, was not a first round pick, um, but NFL people seem to think he is. You know, I've, I keep an eye on Vanderbilt. I went to Vanderbilt and uh, watched him lose to Vanderbilt this year. He didn't play well. 
Um, and I just was surprised that he gets so much draft buzz. But, you know, what am I missing? Yeah, I think he advertised it himself. I mean, he's got a cannon, and it's there. And he's got interesting downfield accuracy that a lot of quarterbacks don't have with an arm that big. And I, I look at Will Levis. I mean, we have to take what we see in college a little bit, uh, I don't know, with a grain of salt here with the NFL right now. They're seeing a lot of different things in their system and what they can do. And there's different systems in the NFL where I think he would actually do pretty well in a couple systems, the Josh McDaniel system. So if he went to the Raiders at number seven, I think that'd be a good fit. I think he would fit well in any kind of Kyle Shanahan related offense. So I think that's what people see. Is he going to be able to facilitate what we have? And if we put the right parts around him, is he going to deliver? And we've seen that. I mean, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins is a comparison that you want to hold yourself up to, but you can't argue that Kirk Cousins has played pretty well, made him some good money, has been a steady starting quarterback in this league for a while. And so you might get a Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, and that means you might have to do a little bit of work around the quarterback to win, but you know in the end that is not going to be your biggest liability and keep you from winning. So I think – he's kind of in between the ceiling and floor pick in the draft. I know Anthony Richardson's the high ceiling pick. Stroud is the pretty high floor pick with Bryce Young. And then you have Will Levis somewhere in between. That makes sense if he's going to be the fourth quarterback off the board. And sometimes you've got to take a shot. It's pretty cheap here to go after first-round quarterbacks. Do it. You can get back into this cycle even a year later if you want to. So I think Levis has some of the profile and makeup you're looking for for a quarterback that can fit in a favorable system for many years. Bill, you're on mute. <clears throat> you Sorry, we had, we had tornado sirens. This <laughs> is real life podcasting here. I didn't want the tornado sirens to be so loud that we didn't hear <laughs> Vinny's analysis. Um, Vinny, Lamar Jackson, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen with him i'm seeing some stuff on social media of him mocked up in a vikings uniform it looks horrible as a packers fan but um how let's say lamar does move to atlanta or minnesota or wherever would that put baltimore in the market to would that be the landing spot for an anthony richardson something like that would they take that home run swing or would they go back to their normal playbook of we're going to take a veteran quarterback and go from there. Yeah, I think they would probably go after Anthony Richardson only because they would say, look, if we lose Lamar Jackson here, we have to look at the division a little bit. Deshaun Watson is here. He's going to play a full season. Joe Burrow's going to own this division. Kenny Pickett's on the rise. Baltimore would say, okay, let's maybe go for being the bigger and better team in a couple of years. They could go that direction, and look what happened. I mean, Lamar Jackson, everyone is afraid on how to put him together as an NFL quarterback. The Ravens were sitting there, back last pick of the first round, make it work and see what they got out of him. So if they're confident in their personnel ways, they're going to be confident that they can get Richardson where he needs to be for that particular offense. And, you know, with Richardson – they can fit him into what they want to do now. Even if the passing is a work in progress with him, they could actually start him now because of the way he can run and just fit in with an offense. It's probably going to be a little bit traditional run heavier here with Todd Munkin coming in to try to take better advantage of his running backs. And keep in mind, they didn't have that running game to help Lamar 
the same way. They wanted that combination of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Couldn't get those guys healthy together. Now they shored up uh, the offensive line with Tyler Linderbaum, so that is important for the interior blocking. So they can go back to being that run-effective, run-heavy team and really set up the quarterback for big things no matter who he is. And I think that's where you'd see them go after Richardson, especially, say, the Colts make that trade in number four and get that pick from Indianapolis. You've got to go after Richardson then. Interesting. Um, big name in college football all season, Jalen Carter, Georgia uh, defensive tackle. Uh, you had him going 10th in your latest mock draft, I believe, to the Eagles. Uh, the uh, you know he was involved in the car racing incident in Athens that resulted in, in two young people getting killed uh, in January. Um, Carter left the combine and uh, pled no contest to racing and reckless driving, got 12 months probation and a $1,000 fine. Um, are you hearing any concerns about his maturity? Uh, and then, uh, you know, what do you see in terms of his fit with potentially with the Eagles that where you, where you had him going? I mean, there are some concerns there. I mean, I think he's uh, definitely worked himself out of the conversation, especially with uh, Will Anderson just being pretty safe. And then you look at uh, the rise of Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech being a very appealing edge rusher. And Miles Murphy has been steady all along out of Clemson where those guys are very appealing because they're traditional dominant defensive positions. And you can feel better about that with the defensive tackle requires effort, commitment, and a little bit more scheme fitting, you know, like if you can rush the passer from the edge, you can do it pretty much in any situation, but Jalen Carter, you want to put in a comfortable position to succeed. And that's why I think the Eagles would make a lot of sense. You will have Jordan Davis there. who's going to have a bigger role. They have Fletcher Cox still there. So maybe he can kind of pass the torch and have that transition work out pretty well. They lost to Javon Hargrave. So makes sense to go after someone with that kind of pass rush upside from the inside and develop him. And they also have Nicobe Dean there. So maybe another familiar guy that can help with just that Georgia connection and just the Eagles need to reload and they have two first round picks. So they can have that option to go after Jalen Carter. And then really I look at the Eagles, maybe sitting in position to make two luxury picks here with Jalen Carter potentially falling to them at number 10. And then later, I'm pretty sure everything is kind of coming full circle for them to take either B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs. I think they're going to draft one of those running backs later. You cannot go out of the offseason with Rashad Penny as your lead back. You just cannot trust him to be healthy at this point. So what we saw last year in Seattle, I think, is going to play itself out in Philadelphia. It's going to be Rashad Penny and that stud young running back that you want to really have as your future back. But you get Penny just to handle some things as a veteran. Penny's not going to be able to stay on the field. So they need to get that running back. So if you come out, you're the NFC champions with Jalen Carter and B. John Robinson. That's a pretty good first round. <laughs> well, for our Irish breakdown listeners, um, and again, looking at your mock drafts at Sporting News, you have a certain tight end from Notre Dame going to the Packers. Now, Vinny, my question would be is – is the value on Michael Mayer that much greater than a Dalton Kincaid or a Darnell Washington who put on a clinic at the combine? Are you getting true value with Mayer as a top 15 pick over those other tight ends? And there were a couple others that put on a show. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's the value necessarily. It's a loaded tight end class, and there's going to be a lot of people. There's Luke Musgrave later that people are going to like potentially as a sneaky first rounder or early second rounder. So there's a lot of depth and high end depth. It's not just, oh, there's a lot of tight ends available, but they're all pretty good. They could all start for a lot of teams. So right now I look at Mayor, I think the production and he's been there as a big force in that Irish offense for a while. I feel comfortable with him in terms of, you know what he's going to do. He's got great hands. He's also very good in line. Like let's keep that in mind. That's going to maybe separate him a little bit from a Dalton Kincaid, who's pretty good, but he has an injury issue that kept him from running at the combine. And he's more of an athletic move tight end, so to speak. So I said Michael Mayer is more complete. And that's what the Packers need. When you look at their depth chart, and Josiah Degara is their best tight end right now. With Robert Tunyon signing with the Bears. And you're probably not going to bring back Mercedes Lewis without Aaron Rodgers. So you got to go after someone in this position because it's pretty weak. And you also have a young quarterback, right? Essentially, Jordan Love is like a rookie starting and you can't just go in. Okay. We got Christian Watson and Romeo dubs and smart Toure as our top three wide receivers. That's a lot of inexperience. I know adding a rookie tight end to that, it seems crazy, but it's also a key position for a young quarterback in transition there. And I think Jordan love could really use that reliable tight end. Uh, in the uh, 11 of the last 12 drafts, you know this, Vinny, the uh, SEC has led the nation in first-round picks. Uh, you talk to a lot of NFL teams. When two, when two guys are, are getting evaluated by an NFL team and, and you know, one's in the SEC and one is not, is it, it, it tie goes to the SEC? Is like tie goes to the runner here? Do, 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 what do NFL teams feel like in terms of, you know, does the SEC just really prepare these guys for the NFL due to the, you know, the elite nature of, of the competition they see week in and week out. I think what helps the SEC a lot is the nature of the, especially their defenses, that they align a lot with what the modern NFL is doing with hybrid players and uh, edge rush and three, four concepts and all those things. And that's why you've had a pipeline. I mean, Bill Belichick has been locked into Nick Saban for a while. And that's, by extension, Nick Saban has got you ideas of what you're going to get from Georgia players because they run a defense that they were they had at Alabama. So I think it just spreads. And once you have that history of success build up, right, if you know Georgia players are going to come through for you defensively, Alabama was done that for a long time. If you drafted an Alabama defensive back, you were in good shape unless it was Dee Milner and you didn't get the return there. But when you look at a lot of the – Teams, it's just they've started building reputations, much like we had Penn State being a linebacker, you and whatever the 80s and 90s, and and things have started to happen where LSU has got a great reputation for wide receivers now. So Keishon Booty might just uh, kind of uh, ride that wave here and maybe drafted higher than maybe one would think. So that's what you look at, and you start building it, and if that keeps coming to fruition, and you have a lot of also the track stars and speed and those crossover guys as well. So the speed is always appealing in the NFL because you can't teach that. I was going to say, Vinny, I, I could answer that question. When the Packers are drafting, I always want the SEC guy on defense. And they've drafted a lot of Georgia guys. And re- I was going to say, which Georgia guy are we going to draft this year? I have one more for you. Um, you're, you're in the first round. You're a GM. You need a receiver. Can you – separate Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnson and a guy that Bill and I really liked during the playoff with TCU because of his size is 
basically Olympic speed. He's still running against Michigan. Which receiver do you think gets drafted first? I know who you have in the mock, but uh, why don't you tell us? Yeah, I do like Jordan Addison. I like his history of production, and I think he would fit well with the Texans, especially after they traded Brandon Cooks to the Cowboys. I think that would be my target to pair potentially with Bryce Young or, or one of the other quarterbacks there. I like that for the Texans, especially after they signed Dalton Schultz in free agency. So they look good at tight end. So I think that's where the Texans will go to get that other target. So I like him particularly with the Texans. Now, Jackson Smith and the Jigba is very similar. I think it, he could fit in a lot of places as well. What's important for these two guys is they have that route running versatility. We have a lot of number ones now that routinely split time in the slot. I mean, like CeeDee Lamb, he's playing in the slot a good chunk of the time, but he's also playing on the outside. So you want to have that route running versatility. So I, I like Jackson Smith and Jig, but I think it's hard for me to find that right team fit. I look at maybe Seattle taking him as a third receiver and developing him a little bit. That could be a very good spot for him. So I, I think there's a variety of landing spots. I just feel a little bit more comfortable with Addison because of the health and the production over two programs. And I do like that part about him. Now, Quentin Johnson, I love – but he's got to go to a team where he, he, he doesn't have to be forced in the slot versatile route running situation. He has to be able to be that vertical deep threat, play off maybe a, a receiver that you can trust as being a clear number one here. So that's, that's the difference. I mean, those type of tall speed receivers, it's funny. In the NFL, we used to love these cash radius guys that were just big and could run routes like that. But now the smaller guys that you can line up everywhere have a little bit more appeal for certain teams. So I, I think it's really more about the team fits for these three guys. And you, you want that because you want all of them to succeed. And if they land in the right spots, they're going to do so. Right, Vinny, I, I got one more for you. Do, do you have a guy in this draft that you're, you're, you've spotted that may 15 years from now go into a hibernation chamber and come out and decide he does not want to play for the Green Bay Packers anymore? <laughs> oh, that's just a, Cheap shot. Yeah, we've got our quarterback. Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, they they need. Well, we have to look at the timer. Bill has to tell me when exactly they need to draft their next first round quarterback that sits for a few years. I just need to know when that exactly is going to happen. Uh, is it going to be the class of what twenty thirty seven or something like that? Is that well, when my, it's my son's twelve? So it's got to be. <laughs> 10 so Jordan Love has to last for 10 to 11 no 10 plus 3 because Grant would have to yeah. sit for 3 years behind Love so 13 years is what we're looking for um <laughs> now i you know that's the other thing the last thing i was going to ask you um just because you are a northwestern grad you had a nice run in the tournament yeah bill had a great story on our website um Skaronsky's interesting very good big tackle very clean tackle i mean you know that you you've watched him play. Is he a legit ten year tackle? 10, 10 to fifty. He kind of reminds me of Dalton Reisner a little bit when he was coming out of Kansas State. He was just clean, does everything right, no frills pick. Yeah, I mean, I like him and Paris Johnson Jr. I mean, if you want them and Broderick Jones at all, it's your first round pick. You're set. I think you've got a very good tackle for many years to come and right side left side is not as big of a deal now it's equally important but I think with Scrancy you're definitely looking at a left side guy I think Paris Johnson could be flipped even inside and still be effective and dominant much like Iki Akonwu from last year but when you look at Scrancy I mean you have the history it's a little different style of offense now but you have Rashawn Slater being elite and 
coming out of the program. So you get that reputation a little bit to the back of people's minds there that you can get that kind of athlete at left tackle. So Skronsky, I think for sure, is probably early to mid first round pick. It just, again, matters on the team fit. I mean, you look at Tennessee, I think they have to get a tackle at this point. I mean, Andre Dillard is okay, but he's a project for the Eagles, and I don't think you can just sit on him. So that that's maybe a potential landing spot if they – don't believe in Dillard or want a little bit of extra help there. So it's going to be fun to see where he can land and be effective. I think I, selfishly, I want him to go to the Steelers because I think that would be a great spot. I don't think he's going to last that long and they might have to sell for Broderick Jones. But when you look at his skill set, I think it's pretty safe. And what uh, really boggles my mind is how he had a tackle like that and we're able to win one game. And, that's a different story. That's uh, just some questionable coaching all around that. But uh, they made some changes there to try to be what we're used to. But I'm a little afraid uh, the NIL and the transfer portal and all this stuff uh, might be a little bit too advanced for us, which is a little scary to think about. But uh, I don't, I don't want to dive into that right now after one win season. Vinny, you're a basketball school now. Come on now. You got the Boise State victory. You put up a good fight against UCLA. That's what uh, Pat Fitzgerald was actually doing. He was saying, guys, we got to look really bad and make the basketball team look really good. We're <laughs> changed. We're getting, we're hogging the spotlight. So let them have a little bit of it. Um, and we're still looking for a win, by the way. It's, uh, we did not win on American soil this year in football. So, yeah. That's so we went a whole year without winning on American soil, which is great. Well, so at least uh, the basketball team was able to do more. Right. They had a great season. You know, they were yeah. fun to watch. And like I said, they put up a great fight against UCLA. That was a good game. Fun to watch. UCLA has moved on to the Sweet 16. Uh, Vinny, thank you very much for joining us, enlightening us, giving us some news on the college guys that we uh, we followed all season long. Go enjoy your spring training, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Anytime you want me, I'm here. You know where to very find good. me. good. Great. All right. Well, that was good stuff, Bill. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He he does a good job. He has several mock drafts. Um, also, for our listeners who don't know, he's a former Jeopardy champion at the college college challenge level, and I've seen the actual tapes of him dominating in Jeopardy. So I need to see this. What's you going on? Had, he would ace your trochi trivia. He he. <laughs> I I always tell a story. He I watched him in college. He did the college Jeopardy challenge. This would have been, he's got the VHSs and I watched him mow down like a French opera category. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> I'm like, he's good. It's not just sports. He's a very well-rounded guy. Good guy. Good friend. And uh, glad we finally got him on the podcast. That's great. I need to see that. I need to get my hands on this. This is yeah. exciting. You were on Jay Leno for crying out loud. Wow. And now he was on Jeopardy. I'm, I'm behind on my sporting news drama here. Yeah. yeah we, we've got some, uh, yeah, that was our, respective 15 minutes of fame but yeah he does a he's the best so i mean anybody that's interested he does watch a lot of college football he translates it well to uh the nfl draft coverage at sporting news and uh for our listeners uh check him out he does a great job all right so before we touch on a little college football news i will enter our trochi trivia that uh, i will give to you nfl draft themed needless to say uh, for today's show, and then we will give the answer at the end of the show. Which conference, which Power Five conference has the longest drought of 
having the number one overall pick and who was that player? What Power Five conference has the longest drought and who was that player? You're looking, you're looking pretty confident. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we will do the answer at the end of the show. Uh, let's get into a little, little big recruiting news uh, yesterday. Uh, Michigan secured the commitment of a four-star running back, Jor- uh, Jordan Marshall. Uh, he's ranked number one, uh, sorry, not number one, number 91 in the 24-7 sports composite. But the big news is he is from Cincinnati. Uh, tell us your thoughts on why it's such a big deal for Michigan to get this commitment. Uh, I know they were going head-to-head with Ohio State and uh, kind of what it means going forward. Well, I, I read Ari Ari's piece at The Athletic. And, you know, I mean, I grew up here and it's – it. I don't think it's changed the nature yet. I mean, it's been a while, as Ari points out in his article, that Michigan got a top 100 Ohio kid. It's stunning, really, when you think about – a program that built, I mean, my lifetime, Michigan's two best players are Ohio kids, Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson. Um, Mario Manningham's another one that sticks out. That there was, a, there was a Columbus Dispatch article about, I don't know, 10, 8, 10 years ago where they had the map of Ohio in maize and blue and the headline said traitors, and it had all these great Michigan players that came from Ohio. It goes all the way back to Dennis Franklin in the 60s. So it definitely amps up the stakes i remember the last battle and again Ari puts points this one out like zach harrison was michigan until ohio state flipped him and that showed the power of ohio state being able to keep these kids in house but you know that always makes the rivalry better when you have michigan kids committing to ohio state ohio state or ohio in-state kids going to michigan and um yeah, it's a significant commitment, though, for, for Michigan to get down into a Catholic school in Cincinnati. The GCL is one of the best conferences in the country. And, um, you know, how much of that – I think the interesting thing in the article, Bill, was as soon as he commits, he tweets the picture of Donovan Edwards, you know, running for the touchdown. So there's a little um, more heat on this. You didn't tweet that. Michigan tweeted that, though. Michigan officials oh. tweeted that. So, yeah, you get that tweet out there. Oh, Michigan football tweeted that. I, I'm yes. looking at it now. Wow. Yes. So that's, you know, they, they've got a little – they're talking a little bit. And, like, for people that get bent out of shape, this rivalry, you, that's what you do in rivalries. You talk. You, when you're on top, you get to talk. But yeah, I think it's imp- – I mean, they're on some other top five kids in Ohio too. You know, it's going to be – in. you know, maybe they got a chance to get them and they're going after a kid out of Vinny's backyard in a Charlotte, the five-star quarterback. Um, the one thing about Michigan's rise to become a playoff team, uh, the, the, re- the elevation in recruiting has not come along with it yet. Uh, they've done well in the transfer portal. They've got some guys that have overachieved. Harbaugh's a good coach. The recruiting piece hadn't kicked in yet. Maybe now it's starting to kick in. You see that? Yeah, a little bit, you know, and they that's the thing. They recruit a little bit differently. I think Michigan has done a fantastic job of Jim Harbaugh recruiting guys that Jim Harbaugh wants. It, it, it Colston Loveland's a great example. I mean, who goes in to Idaho and grabs him? And they're, now they're saying he's going to be the best tight end they've had. You know, they get a guy like Ronnie Bell out of Kansas City who was a basketball player, and he becomes a slot receiver that they develop into what they want. Now, to take that next step, you do need 
the five-star guys that Ohio State has. Nobody has any questions about Ohio State's receivers, you know, and the talent level that they have. So I think this might be one of those things. If they can start it up in Ohio, and again, when I was growing up, Michigan always had Ohio guys. I could go on for Elvis Gerbach, Ohio guy. Marcus Ray, who, you know, lives right here in central Ohio, uh, now coaching at the high school level, Ohio guy. So you need that. That that only spices up the rivalry a little more. Yeah, it's scary to think if you're Michigan and Ohio's closed off, right? You know, now you got to go, you got to get creative. And they've been creative for the most part. But if they can open up the door uh, to Ohio once again, then, yeah, that's certainly going to elevate their talent. So, um, very good. So, let's uh, revisit Trochi Trivia. And then we will get out of here for the week. We will resume our, our Sweet 16 duties this weekend. And then uh, we will be back next week for another show uh, that is college football focused um, to review. The question is uh, what power five conference has the longest drought of having the overall number one pick in the NFL draft. And uh, who was that player? It's, I think it's the ACC and I can't think of the player though. That's the problem. Like, cause the big 10, I think their last one's Jake long. SEC, obviously, it's like every other year. <laughs> Pac-12 had Andrew Luck. I'm going to say the ACC, and then I don't have an answer for how long it's been. Like, okay. is, it, is it 20th century? Okay, 20th? it is 20th century, but uh, I will. Uh, you're, you're partly right, partly wrong. So the answer is Jake Long and Big Ten. So that's how long it – so they are the one. Because I, 2008, I, the okay. ACC's answer – 2015, Jameis Winston. Oh, my gosh. How could I miss that? So Jameis, Jameis Winston. And actually, the year before, or two years before, um, Jake Long was Mario Williams, NC State. Okay. So I was going to guess, before Jake Long popped in my head, I was going to guess the Big Ten and Courtney Brown. That's because I knew how far. I, I had a sense your theme was Big Ten because we were talking about C.J. Stroud at the top. So I'm starting yeah, to I didn't re- have a theme necessarily. I just went okay. down the list and, and noticed that uh that That's the Big correct. Ten had a little bit of a drought. Like it's been fairly balanced as, as right. actually Trevor 2021 was ACC. Well, that so makes we've sense. got <laughs> SEC, ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 12, two years in a row with the Oklahoma quarterbacks. And then uh Jared Goff had the Pac 12 in 2016, uh Jameis 2015, ACC. So every conference has been represented since 2015 or since 2016. Right. Except for the Big Ten. The Big Ten, you got to go all the way back to 2008. Jake Long, Michigan went to the Dolphins. That's crazy that it's been that long. Well, if Stroud can break that, that would break a 15-year drought. And, uh, right. you know, like I said, that's it's a big day. I mean, I'm sure we'll have some reaction um, from Vinny on Ohio State. And um, big day for C.J. Stroud. That, I'm trying to think if they've even ever – I think their only number one pick might be Tom Cousineau. I'd have to go all the way back. He may not be. But now you got my brain turning because I'm mad that I didn't get it right. So, uh, <laughs> But Jake Long makes sense. So I'll take the half credit. Yeah, and actually, um, yeah, I, I skipped over Trevor Lawrence on my list too. So the ACC was only two years ago, right. and, uh, not uh, 2015 with Jason uh, Jameson, Winston, uh, James Winston. So. All right. Well, that's our show for the week. Uh, thank you, everybody, again, for subscribing to CFB Nation on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out the YouTube channel, CFB Nation, where we're building some subscribers there, keeping you busy in the off season. I've lost track of my week count down to week zero. I will have it next week, I <laughs> promise. 
Um, but uh, we're getting closer week by week. So thank you, every, everyone, again for listening to the All America podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.